This is the Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Vans, the king of shoes, killing shit since 1966, son. Shouts to the legend Omar for stepping in. Y'all know what it is. I'm D Jones. I got my main man, the ghost, with me, and we got Ants One behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Ghost, it's a brand new day and a brand new season. Season 17, episode one. Tell them how fucking big we doing it over here at the Bun, baby. Bro, this is basically the most epic week in Studio E, just as it is every week. We got Omar Hassan in the building mega legend doing it big since before me and you were born d jones and he's still doing it in 2023 with no end in sight the man just keeps on pushing true legend absolute pleasure and quite hilarious might i add that's omar Hassan. then we taking y'all straight to the post office dusting off the cobwebs up in there you know what i'm saying and then oh a little super bowl recap rundown you already know what it is let's go baby make sure to follow us on instagram at the bunt live subscribe to us on youtube at the bunt hit us up on our patreon patreon.com slash the bunt ghost it has been a long long break we're getting used to these long ones man but you know we put in that hard work and we are back but tell the people how you enjoyed your time off man i know you were doing it big you were jet setting all over the place and then even me and you linked up on a little vacation there man oh yeah blessed off season over here uh went down to visit my sister clark major shouts to her so proud of her doing her thing in la kicked it with all the la homies um what up mason bob josh richie the squad roll down with some of the canadian youth you know what i'm saying dwayne terrence cyrus d spreel the god you know what i'm saying uh great times in la then i had to hop over to miami check in with the andrew fam nick katz uh linked up with our boys tommy bass phil just just a barn burning crew got some golfing and then head down to fucking puerto rico which i just can't get enough of shout out joe worldwide the squad down there aiden ben too many people to name all over the damn place uh one of the best trips of my life and hopefully can run it back year after year because it's just not getting old man that's two years in a row gotta do it again got home a couple days later me you the smith and tom down to new york can't really say what we did just yet but i mean it's not that much of a surprise or it's not that hard if you want to investigate i'm sure you could figure out who we interviewed but we had a fucking blast in new york major shouts to vans putting on man nyc never disappoints all the time there big shout out to the vans crew especially bob george zach you know definitely always taking care of us over here at the bunt but ghosts you know what time it is shout out of the week shout out of the month shout out of the last three months 
You got to have something for me. Something big. Something big? All right. Let me put it this way, man. One of the best videos I've seen in the last year, maybe two years, maybe three years. Who knows? Just an instant classic, in my opinion. I mean, Thrasher was laying it out one part at a time. But I just got to give the biggest shout out possible to Lens. I don't know if you've been watching them parts, man. Straight out of Japan. These guys got swag like you've never seen. The skating is insane, high level. The filming is incredible. The music just makes you want to go skate or dance. Just if you haven't seen it, get off your ass or maybe get on your ass so you can sit down and watch it. <laughs> But yeah, every lens part, man, they just kept getting better one after the other. My favorite was Ryo Morishige, I believe is his name. And then the last one that I saw was the youngin, Katora Mitani, Lens 3, man. An absolute masterpiece. Shout out to everyone involved, man. Absolute must watch. Like the ghost said, we have Omar Hassan in the building. Absolute Vans legend, skate legend, skate royalty, still doing it. And、uh, there's only one thing left to do now before we get into the interview, and that's order some Maker Pizza. We haven't ordered in a while because we've been on break, Ghost. Make it an order of massive proportions, baby. I'm absolutely starving over here, man. <laughs> oh, you want. <laughs> I do up there. <laughs> yeah. You trying to get a、do、big、it. order in? I. Oh, big. I'm going classic. People be telling me I always eat the same shit. Well, when it's good, why switch it up? Let me get a Dr. Pepperoni, a spicy pep god, five ginger ales, six dipping sauces, and yo, maybe a little baby gem salad just so I can front like I'm being healthy. And let's end it with 12 chocolate chip cookies, my guy. And maybe some <laughs> garlic sticks. God damn!、Oh. We ain't fucking playing, baby. This is literally the best pizza in the world. That's what you get when you order Maker Pizza. All right, Ghost, let's get this interview popping. All right, we have the legend, Omar Hassan, in the building. What's going on, man? Dude, just chilling, man. Just living, living. Yes, sir. It's living my life. n o yeah, just chilling, man. I'm, I'm stoked. To, this is going to be awesome. I, I'm just hyped to be fuck, doing my thing, still, still being me, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Omar, you've got to be one of our most tech savvy guests of all time, man. Welcome to the show. Dude, that's exactly what I'm all about, man. This future, <laughs> futuristic techno- technology. <laughs> Oh, Omar, you ever listened to the pod before? You big podcast yeah, guy? I, I, yeah, I'm not a big podcast guy, but I, I've listened to your guys. I've listened to. If I'm in the car doing shit on trips, sometimes I'll, I'll listen once in a while. You know what I mean? That's what's up, man. So we just about good times, funny stories over here. We start every show off the same. You got to hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. My favorite skate moment would probably be. Being at the skate escape when I was a kid, watching the skate escape contest when I was a kid, one of the first skate contests I'd ever seen, watching it, being a little kid in the, in the stadium, watching Christian Asoy and Tony Hawk, and they did that. It was the skate escape vision, skate escape, and then the Red Hot Chili Peppers played up on state on the deck. Damn. And it was like a full. 
production and that was one of my introductions to like when skateboarding like got really big you know what i mean and i was mm-hmm. watching it as a kid with my friends and we were like tripping out like holy shit this shit's like some steroid shit <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was one of my my favorite moments like as a kid you know because that's your first initial look in into like being a fan and then watching the people that you looked up to and seeing it all go down you know what i mean that's what's up and then sports moments God damn, what would be a good sport moment that I would think of? Probably when one of those YouTuber dudes got knocked the fuck out the other night. That was actually pretty good. That guy that, fuck those dudes. But um, the Jake Paul dude got knocked out finally. Well, got lost. That was kind of exciting for me. Yeah, that was good but for everyone. I, I don't even care about that kind of shit. But just it's shit's funny to me. But I'm just mm-hmm. that's just what popped into my head. But that's not one of the greatest sports moments. But. It was a great sports moment. <laughs> Perfect. A nice recent one. Yeah. Love that. Um, you know, on, a, on another point, though, I was telling Zach a funny thing about sports. Is one time I was riding for Verizon, and uh, they had something with me where they were doing, making me do some weird shit. Like, so one time they had me going to the Lakers because they sponsor the Lakers, the, the place where they practice. What's it called? The, um, yeah, practice facility, practice court, whatever. Yeah, it, yeah so... Anyways, they sponsored it, and they wanted me to do this interview with Lamar Odom back in the day. Sick. And so I, like, go there, and I have no idea what I'm even going to say. I didn't put, do any research. or I didn't even care. You know what I mean? I'm just like, all right, do my job. So the dude from Verizon sent me over there, and I went over there, and I'm in this, like, little box with all the, like, media people. And this guy, Jim Hill, which is, like, this gnarly sports broadcaster that's always on the news and stuff i like go in there and all of a sudden i'm like dude that's fuck that's J- i see that dude on tv all the time like the hell that-? and i realized like i'm in way over my head dude like <laughs> i'm in with these dudes that actually know what they're doing right and then all of a sudden they're like yeah jim hill da-da-da-da. you guys are gonna all step aside and wait for this guy omar he's gonna go he's gonna go interview lamar odom and they're just getting done and all lakers are out there and i'm like on i'm like like bambi on ice out there (laughs) dude tripping out right and then all of a sudden i'm like like face to face with lamar odom and i'm like dude i don't even know what to say to this guy and they gave me all these like what not to say questions because yeah. at the time it was like he was like dating Kardashian yeah. and he I guess he had a, a, a child that had passed away and like there were certain questions they were like yo dude you can't a- ask him these questions mm-hmm. and I'm like what the fuck do I ask this dude like how's your practice or whatever you know what I mean like so I'm up there and, and I'm like kind of shaking and shaking and I went to give him the microphone which was like a no no to do because they're, they're like what am I supposed to do with that thing? Like, I'm not going to hold the mic, right? Yeah. And he's so much taller than me. And so I was, like, holding the mic and just shaking, like, the Statue of Liberty up there. Just, <laughs> like, earthquake. Yeah. Statue of Liberty with the earthquake. And I'm like, dude, it was super surreal because I'm just on the court with Lamar Odom. And then next thing you know, he's fucking cracked out at the oh. the bunny ranch in Vegas or whatever. Oh I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it was a surreal <laughs> sports moment for me, actually. Oh, that's insane. True story. So back to skating here for a minute, even though I love basketball. Yeah, sorry. All good. <laughs> Take us back to the beginning, Omar. How'd you get into skating and where'd you grow up, my guy? Um, I grew up in Costa Mesa, Newport Beach area, and we have 
basically Vision Skateboards was in our neighborhood, but my older brother got me into skating, and I started kind of like just following what he did, and then right when Vision Skateboards came into the area, stuff, just skateboarding started blowing up, you know, and we were in the presence of greatness, like, at the time, I didn't know any better, I was just looking at it like, well, I'm into skating, and, you know, next thing you know, all those guys that were so influential ended up becoming like some of the most influential dudes in skating but we just looked at it as like you know like we didn't know any better we just liked to skateboard and we Mm -hmm. had this thing called pay and play and it was a thing in huntington beach where we would all bring ramps and like there was only a couple skate parks like i said back then it was like del mar and upland were like the last of like the actual like skate parks before it turned into like strictly just being in the streets and 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 street skating became just like where parks were dead you had to go to someone's backyard and like hit someone up and be like yo can i skate your ramp or something you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so we had this thing called pay and play which was sick and it's at huntington high school and everyone would just bring ramps and rails and just we just turned it into like our skate park you know what i mean and it was sick because at the time we just were kind of creating our own little scene and then every weekend we'd just be there all night all day and night just skating and there was a lot of really cool people that came out of that whole time and era you know like um jason lee and ed templeton and just all kinds of random dudes that grew up in this little area pocket of orange county that we live in so that became like skating to us where we started really like meeting each other and everyone knew each other and we just would link up with each other and just you know that that's how it all kind of started for us i feel like sick so what would you consider your first big break in the skate industry what popped it off for you i got to go to this munster contest in germany and it was called munster and I, you guys might be might have heard of that it's an old contest in in the in the 90s but i went there in like 89 and uh it was basically like the super bowl of contest for skateboarding in a sense and uh i was like probably 15 years old and i got to go to germany and see i was like see all these guys and skate with all the guys that i like really looked up to and it was like kind of the changing of the guards where guys like matt hensley started coming into it and ray barbie started like coming into it and they were making more like street courses where it was more streety and then they had the vert ramps and stuff but that was like the first time where i actually got to go and i skated that like amateur contest there and uh at the time it was just like surreal because you know it was like i think lance mountain won the street contest like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a long time ago when you know you, you win do an invert he did an invert over the handrail like there was like a, a ramp with a handrail that came down and he went up the ramp and did an invert on the handrail and came in on the other side. And I was like, holy shit, that's like mixing it up right there. But <laughs> but um, that was an eye-opener, you know? And then I got to really... Um, There's this guy, Aaron Dieter, who I was a big fan of. And he invented the blunt to fakie. And, uh, Legend. And, uh, yeah, so I was like... There were certain guys I just started kind of like researching and getting into it, you know? Because skateboarding is one of those things where once you get in, you start really like looking into it and getting like under like really getting you know i was like a skate nerd but figured it all out from from that trip you know where i was like oh Mm -hmm. this is like the shit these guys are cool as fuck so that's what started for me wicked that's one of the best feeling tricks in the game so shout out to him right 
Aaron Dieter, dude. I think he's from Seattle. Sick. From Seattle, Washington. He, he invented the... A lot of people don't know his name, but if you do know his name, then you're like, all right, Aaron Dieter, he was the shit, you know? Yeah. I still remember learning that trick. It's one of the scariest tricks. It was like the same fear as like my first drop-in was committing to that first blunt to fakie. You're just like so scared yeah. for some reason. And you got to either... Sometimes you get the pop-out and sometimes you get that fakie manual that just... Yeah, like, yeah. Dude, I only like, fakie manny out now. I don't know what happened. Yeah, as a technique. <laughs> so, yo, your Larry Lives part from about two years ago. Oh, shit. The definition of legendary and inspirational. Yeah. Thanks. What was filming for that one like, man? Um, you know what, man? I like, I was filming stuff for that, and then I went on uh, Milton Martinez trip to when he got Skate of the Year, Sick. and I ended up um, breaking my ankle pretty bad on that trip. Oh fuck! So I was like, you know, like, fuck, I'm done. And then I gathered all the footage that I had or whatever, and just kind of threw it together, and it, it kind of held me over for a little bit. But I definitely kind of got sidetracked by that one because it was like one of those bad breaks where your like leg ankle goes the wrong way. Uh, uh. But um, I'm I'm good now. I'm 110. I'm even better now. I'm fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like, but yeah, that was just like um, trying to compile stuff. But after all these years, you know, of skating, I feel like filming's obviously kind of the hardest because you have to. You have to really go out. Nowadays, it's so hard. You can, anyone can do tricks. So I feel it's all about kind of finding spots that aren't blown out. For sure. And, and being creative or being really creative and doing tricks that are creative enough for people to even be like, yo, and pay attention to. And But I, I don't really skate for anyone else but myself. So I just, I do the tricks that I can do and I just do them everywhere around the world i've done about probably five thousand five out of fakies i'm still doing them but um yeah larry lives was cool because they gave me the opportunity when i got hurt too to just kind of throw some of that footage together that i had been filming and uh well, actually when preston was around we put this video together and he called it the concrete jihad <laughs> i was like yo dude like but I mean, but that wasn't my name for it. But that that video <laughs> part was <laughs> that video part was kind of a good one for me too. I felt like because it was just like all these weird kind of like spots in Oregon and some of those weird parks out there that you know are just have different options to skate, whatever. So, well, that part was sick as fuck, and happy to hear Thanks, you're man. 110 now. So hopefully, hopefully it's not the last. Nah, we got some other new shit. We just actually went to Spain and. uh I hadn't been to Barcelona for a while, and it was funny because they they let me and uh, Chris Chris Vanner do the uh, the Machba, be the Machba judges for the King of Machba or whatever. Oh, sick. And uh, that was pretty exciting because I, I haven't really been to Machba and had to hang out there for a while. But after that, we went on this really sick trip, and um, we skated some really cool shit that was like, just Barcelona's awesome because it's like a natural skate park you know there's just yeah, so, lots of banks so much stuff everywhere. so it was it was pretty sick it was a good experience and uh, I feel like that trip it should be coming out there's we put an article out but the video footage of it should be coming out soon so that was a really awesome one to be a part and I just I never take it for granted I'm super hyped that even to be embraced by some of these kids because nowadays the level of skating is I'm not just trying to skate, but I'm also there as a fan watching these kids. Mm -hmm. 
and they're so gnarly that to just be there live and see these dudes, I'm like, yo, dude, like, I'm super blessed, you know? It's crazy nowadays. So, speaking of Larry, we hear Larry is your alter ego, but he's actually the real Omar. What's the story there, man? So, that started um, when I was going through some problems in my life. <laughs> started out like that. No, so, I was, I was, I went on this vert search, and uh, I was going through some shit, just whatever, and I was partying a little bit, and uh, my friend, uh, Darren Navarrete, and Peter Hewitt, and those guys started calling me um, Lawrence of Arabia, <laughs> and, because I would get just, like, just, get, like, tanked a little bit and start wrestling everybody, and it was always started out with, like, wrestling and rapping and being just, like, out of control, so they're like, here comes Lawrence, and then Lawrence turned into Larry... And then uh, Mike Burnett, um, I went on one of these lodge trips for Volcom, and uh, CJ Collins was my little rival because even though he's really young, he's got a lot of tenacity. Yeah. And uh, I can never let him get the better half, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm old, but I'm crazy. <laughs> so I was always like wrestling with him. We, he's just going, we were going at it, you know what I mean? And so. He came out with an article that was like uh, Larry against the kid. And then once that became public, it just became like, all right, they're just taking that name on. And that's just, I can't, if you can't fight them, you got to join them type yeah. thing. Like, all right, I guess I'm fucking Larry. <laughs> so Larry's the real Omar now. Okay. Yeah. But it is an alter ego. And like, it, it's kind of one of those things too, where it's funny because people want larry until he shows up <laughs> and then you're fucked <laughs> or at least i'm screwed the next morning so everyone's fucked yeah that's who larry is can you tell us who mc money bump is oh mc money bump okay so that one started with um when i was we went to this first trip we went to uh, israel and i had a a really gnarly assist on my neck for like a long time and so i would start rapping and shit and just being like derelict and then all of a sudden people were like yo dude like it's mc money bump because i had this big bump on the back of my neck mm -hmm. right and then we went to israel on that trip and we actually put some tracks together with i um i had tony trujillo was got a little like uh synthesizer thing we we're making beats and joking around and then uh we we're joking around like uh all right i'm M mc money bump and we just started making beats and making raps and just joking around and it just took off from there i was like all right mc money bump and then but i had i got that thing cut off so i'm not mc money bump anymore mc money <laughs> oh, shit. you accidentally sent donovan uh we were trying to get you to send us some audio and you sent him a freestyle so is that did donald get some mc money bump or what I don't know. That's probably a, a Larry rap right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what's There's up. a difference. Okay. okay. <laughs> MC Money Bump has a little more skills than Larry okay. raps. <laughs> Good to know. You had one of the wildest sponsors back in the day when you rode for Ford Trucks. How the hell did you pull that off? And can you tell us a little bit about the perks of that deal? Um, that was a sick sponsor, man. Like, Sounds like So, it. Vans... Yeah, Vans ended up doing like this triple crown of skateboarding, and they just wanted someone to skate their the event and like someone to showcase like the rider in their events. And at the time, I was skating like the street contest and the vert contest, and they even threw this like bowl in there, this soul bowl thing. 
So they worked a deal with me where if I just entered three contests a year that they would uh, sponsor me or whatever. And so then, and on top of that, I had to make a deal with them. It was like, as long as they would advertise in like Transworld and stuff at the time to make it a little more legitimate for me, mm-hmm. which worked out good because they're like giving back instead of just like, oh, I write for four. But then they did ads and shit. Sick. So it was kind of sick because I like, the first year was a truck. And then the next four years was like a salary, damn, which was damn. like good with me you know what i mean so i was like yeah i'm driving the truck and then the next four years is like i'm fucking paying my fucking rent you know what i mean so that's so sick much love to ford dude much love to ford and it was kind of cool too because they they did a lot of weird stuff like um they sent me to this hundredth year anniversary of ford and i had no idea how much shit that those fools owned yeah like they owned jaguar they owned like Range Rover, like they were like, like a parent company of all these other companies, and it, I learned a lot through it because it was cool. And they and they sponsor like so much crazy stuff. Like I was, they built this ramp for me to do this demo for their hundredth year, and I'm in there, and then there's like bull riding and shit, and like race cars drivers, and then if you went into like a dealership, I'd be up there with like the bull rider and like my face up there with like the race car driver i'm like dude this shit's crazy it was kind of crazy but it was cool you know it's fucking wicked you still driving a ford these days or what hell no i ride toyota now oh (laughs) (laughs) just kidding no i i do just because that's the i i like the tundra but i i have much love for ford don't get me wrong it's just the the quality of the tundras nowadays are sick (laughs) (laughs) keep it real he got you, man. We heard when you got that first Ford from them that you ended up giving your other truck to your boy, Willis Kimball. And he yeah. Fo- he found a little something in there. What's the story there? What did he find in there? A check for 20K, apparently. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, dude, I was pretty... <laughs> I don't know. I was pretty bad with my... Um, like, you, you guys see me try to log on this thing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't even log on to a, a conference call. <laughs> but I was, yeah, I was a little loose with my uh, finances, and there's a lot of things I'd probably change if I if I had some sort of person. Now I got a girl in my life that kind of handles a lot of that stuff that helps me out, so things have been a lot better. But yeah, at the time, twenty k was was just nothing. Eh? Just leave it. No, in the truck no, for no. Tw- <laughs> I'm not even saying that. I just it's one of those things where I just was just probably negligent and just yeah. I used to just not really be very savvy with my uh my plan of attack life plan of life attack i guess you could say yeah right got you well dude after this one thing we got to get you to do is upgrade that email man anyone you know with a with an aol.com email needs a little upgrading we, we could give you a hand with that you know what's funny <laughs> that you say that is everyone's been telling me that <laughs> but it's working look we're talking now <laughs> <laughs> didn't on, work, man. On your friend's we, email. We had to this isn't even you. your email. <laughs> oh yeah, never mind. See, that's where the twenty grand check goes. Same, same thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Omar, when you were in your teens and early twenties, did you picture yourself filming full parts in your mid forties, man? Did you think you had this type of longevity in your skate career? I just, to be honest, I never really looked. Well, a lot of my friends started businesses. A lot of my friends took different routes, and for some reason, I just 
always wanted to ride my skateboard. And when skateboarding got really weird at times, I feel a lot of people not only was it hard to keep up with trying to do it all the time and and, then trying to have like the passion and like willing to get hurt and stuff Mm -hmm. like that's all i've ever known you know what i mean like that's kind of like something that i've kind of dedicated my life to 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 wanting to be a part of is just riding my skateboard all the time and going on trips i love being in the van and i love being around all my friends and the the love that you get around the world when you show up at places and you got friends in different cities and countries and like that's that's more to me than even just skating you know what i mean that like it it it's one of those things like a passion that i just always followed so it just time just crept up all of a sudden (laughs) all of a sudden it's 2023 and i'm like holy shit dude like you know so it's not something i like planned out but it's like you know even in the 90s like 94 95 skateboarding was kind of crazy like small wheels big pants yeah you know no one was getting paid you had to suffer through those those years and a lot of people weren't willing to suffer through those years and and luckily i've always been kind of into writing like if whatever it is you know it could be a curb it could be i'll try to skate whatever so i feel like that kind of helped me a little bit too is being able to kind of adapt to whatever was going on and trying to just be a part of of skating no matter what it transitioned into you know what i mean for sure hell yeah man that's what's up still going strong Skate Pal are urgently looking for more female volunteers to help them run skateboarding sessions in Palestine. With nearly 50-50 gender split amongst the young people attending their sessions, having female volunteers is key to improve this and keep girls on the board. Help Skate Pal make skateboarding even more accessible. Visit skatepal.co.uk slash volunteer or email them at volunteer at skatepal.co.uk. This message was provided by CHPO. CHPO brand. Always doing it for the people. Oh. We got calls. Big facts. See, there's fax machines and AOL over here. <laughs> <laughs> we got fax machines and AOL, son. Jesus Christ! No, the the people are they're tired of trying to email your AOL account. They're sending yeah, fax they're faxing now, my AOL, AOL right now. That's Ford trucks trying to renew the contract, man. <laughs> right, and they can't even get a hold of you. I wonder how many deals oh. you haven't read in your email. How many probably got <laughs> Lexus trying to give you a car in your email? Yeah, <laughs> it's my. It, I got a couple other emails that I don't even know about. What was before AOL? <laughs> Landline? <laughs> yeah. I used to have a landline. Snail mail, man. Jeez. As a young skate rat, I remember seeing you flying through the air doing the most massive heel flip indies, I think, in some of those Europe 2099, whatever videos. Those were burned in my brain. What is it about that trick, man, that flows so good for you? I want to say in the beginning when flip tricks especially on like transition and stuff started happening right i always did kickflip mutes and then i would do kickflip indies backside but then everyone was doing backside kickflips 
or kick flipping. And then so I, once I figured the heel flip out, I felt like it was more of a flick too off the, I have a better flick. Now everyone figured out how to do a kick flip properly. But back then it was like kick flips didn't look the same as like a heel flip where you flipped it off the nose, you know, like a, like mm-hmm. a Ollie North style. So mm-hmm. I just started. And then once I learned them front side, I just started milking that shit. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just keep milking this one front side because at the time it was like kind of a new thing to go front side and flip your board. Right. So I just started doing a lot of heel flip front side errors. And at the time, it just became uh, one of those things where I just, that was my go to, I felt like. So um, the funny story to that was it started forming its own name with like uh jake phelps and some other people would start coining names on it because i'd go to like marseilles and these contests and i would always do it in my runs and it was always like a crowd you know the crowd response any any crowd that doesn't know skating you watch them do a heel flip frontside air over something they're oh my god like you know what i mean yeah, so, I was yeah. like, <laughs> and so he started calling it the money grab because it was like <laughs> money every time you know what i mean so then it, it formed its own name we started calling it the money grab and uh and there was also the heel flip lunch tray because sometimes you'd grab it like a lunch tray and just throw it under your feet so like <laughs> it was just it was kind of a silly trick but yeah it became the money grab Hey, you did them with Pierce D, like a beast. So respect to you. That's a, if you're gonna milk a trick, that's a dope one. <laughs> Signature move. And then there was also um, we did this um, like a music video for Offspring, and uh, I think it was called Huck It. You probably <laughs> Google it. It's on there. It's called Huck It. And uh, we got towed in from a motorcycle, and they built these. It's like it was like before the mega ramp, but it was like a mega ramp kicker to like a mega ramp landing, and they put a bunch of cars in the middle, and I did a heel flip frontside air over it, and uh, I think it was like forty two foot that we like measured it, and then like Frank Gerwer and all these dudes were like joking around like, dude, a forty two foot heel flip, but nobody cares because it was like it was so it was so ridiculous because no one's gonna skate anything like that at the time and like why are you doing that but yeah there it's called huck it offspring video it's out there somewhere but um okay we gotta yeah, find that it's pretty funny that's what's up. it was just a full just heel flip just uh, just the biggest monkey grab and just <laughs> throw it under my feet so as someone who has participated in X Games and a bunch of big contests over the years, what are your thoughts on skateboarding's first goal in the Olympics? Did you tune in? You know what? I think there's a place for everyone. You know what I mean? Like for sure. Because I go, I go to this skate park here at the Van Skate Park in in Huntington, and there's some like it's a whole new breed of kids oh, yeah. and parents, and they're in their lawn chairs, and they are like they don't know anything about who. Danny Way is, or Bob Burnquist, or like these mm-hmm. dudes that are like even they those guys were like headliners of the X Games and all that, right? Mm-hmm. They don't even know. They just know that the Olympics in, are involved in something, and they're in their lawn chairs. Just they've done no study, no research, but they know that their kid. It's a sport at that point. Yeah. So without putting hate out there, I'm like, good. That's good for them. They don't understand. I don't expect them to even know or care who I am or what I've done because they have a goal to make it to the Olympics and stuff. So that's another side of skateboarding. And that's good because this is skateboarding's growing. 
you know. But in another respect, there's also that other side of skateboarding where it's like I appreciate when people have an understanding of like the whole spectrum of how it started or did research or figured out history. But the kids that are going to prevail and be really good are the kids that are going to kind of understand the best of both of those worlds and figure it out. So some kids that are like some of the newer kids that get it, that done their research, will probably have a little bit of a, a, a head start, a heads up on what's cool, what tricks are cool, what's not cool. And then there's going to be the, the Olympic kids that just don't even care and they're just going to just rip but now that there's parks that they're those a lot of those kids don't even really care about skiing they just happen to be a skate park at their park <laughs> and they get yeah. really good at skateboarding but they don't really do any research or have any history skills or understand what skateboarding is about that's fine too you know what i mean so it's like skateboarding just became this giant you know thing to where even with the olympics um it's going to be interesting to see what happens because since it's so new, like a Pedro Barros, for example, like he's done a lot of research and he's Olympic hopeful, uh, but he also understands the other side of skating because he's, he's been in it for so long. So there's just two different sides of it. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if that makes sure. sense or if I'm even making sense at all, but like, no, it makes perfect I feel sense. like there's like, there's a, a, a whole new consumer of, of people that are into skateboarding because of the Olympics and the kids that, it has a lot to do with their parents and if their parents grew up understanding skating and what they're pushing into their brains and figuring out but i have no problem with it you know what i mean because it doesn't really it's never i'm beyond caring about being affected by that by all that but it's been interesting to see what happens to skating because it's uh definitely a whole new group of kids that are doing it for different reasons you know than just just doing it for the love of it you know and for sure I don't know if that made sense, but I just, I just <laughs> no, rambled. That's well said, man. There is. Skateboarding is just enormous now, you know? You can't expect everyone to know every little bit of history. and No, for sure. Yeah. Would a prime Omar Hassan want to compete in the Olympics or what? Um, I mean, that's kind of how the X Games were, in a sense, when yeah, that first it was came out. The same, eh? that, was, that was exactly the same, you know? It was like, all right, cool, there's this thing... And to be honest, back then in 90-whatever it was, when they first started, 95, 96, I don't know when the first couple of ones, because I went to the first one in Rhode Island, and we didn't know what to expect, and all of a sudden it was like cameras, and it was like, it's all formatted for TV, and the one thing that I didn't really like is like, you have to wait, and then they're like, all right, go, it's almost like acting, you know what I mean, like, where they have to like cue yeah. you up. Yeah. And that's that's hard on when you're just you just you just want to skate, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to be like put on a uh, in a position where you have to be told what to do. So, but I mean, we just did it. We didn't you know. Like I, I would still do it today if it was Olympics. If I was some of these kids that were good enough to be in that shit, take their fucking money, dude, and have fun. You know what I mean? And and kill it and like have fun. Yeah. Like that. There's nothing wrong. Like look at Uto. Yeah. Utah is probably one of my favorite skaters of all time because he just he he's just he's just good and he's he's got all aspects of being good like you you can't take anything away from Utah you know what I mean like so if I was Utah I'd be all over that shit for sure it was funny watching the finals of the Olympics it was kind of what you were talking about a little bit it felt like I can't remember who else was in the finals but I felt like Utah was the only guy left who kind of 
would know his history and kind of was a well-rounded street skater as well yeah, as a contest so, skater. So, so I feel like a lot of people were rooting for him because the other guys were more just like contest heads that maybe don't know or like don't have that same appreciation well, yeah. for the big picture. And it's one of those things where someone like, you know, like that is he's a great ambassador. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. You need you need the the guys. That's why they kind of have a upper hand, too, because since people know that they know, then they they're a little more likable and they're <laughs> a little more uh, they're a little more favored, you know? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Omar, this is a Vans podcast and you've been on Vans just a little bit longer than either of us have been alive. Uh, that's just insane to think about. How did that relationship with Vans first pop off? I got on Vans because they had a skate park at their warehouse. And at, this is like in like the early 90s, like 90. And I just, they used to always have these like castle contests. And being here, growing up here in Orange County, like Vans are like basically the the king of shoes, you know? You got Budweiser's the king of beers, Vans the king of shoes. So we were just like, especially for skateboarding. And we knew that that's what they they did and then when all the you know it's like i guess just living here in california especially it just became a thing where it was like that was the shoe and they were the only ones really supporting skating i mean and then later in life there were these offsprings with like airwalk and other shoes but being a kid growing up here you know you always knew that vans was just the one shoot skate shoe company and uh this guy kelly rosecrans and beetle rosecrans they they ran vans at the time and they did the team and they were just like getting all the kids from around here and at the time there's actually one um campaign that they had i don't know if it was probably like 91 or something and they had the whole team and they had them all come together and we did this big photo shoot in the poster and it's so crazy to think the heads that were in that poster (laughs) i mean you got everyone that's on a different shoe company today that's legendary we're all in that like poster a part of the team and on vans so they they were the only skate shoe company at the time that were like really supporting skating and doing it to where it was like all right like this is like our team and you know it was like every name you could think of you know from danny way to mike carroll to eric costin to everyone is in this photo and it's it's surreal to think about how many writers at the time that they supported and you know I'm lucky that I kind of, at the time, because this other shoe company started coming in and becoming kind of a little cooler, you know, like some of the newer skate brands as far as being like when the Etnies is and the D3s and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like there was other companies starting their own shit, doing their own thing. And I just, luckily, I always stuck with Vans. So it kind of helped me out in the end because I feel like they res- they supported me through all that. But I never really... I never rode another shoe and and I'm kind of glad I haven't because a lot of those companies have dissipated and gone away but the skate shoe thing was really big for a long time there and now it's crazy to to think like with all the corporate entities with like the Nike's and Adidas have kind of took taken on the role of being the new DC's and Osiris's and you know what I mean they've taken those Mm-hmm. other riders and those yeah. other guys out but vans is as it kind of held its own as being a skate brand and they have a lot of history and roots and i'm just lucky to be a part of that like generation that that was from the early like 
I think I got on like '86, you know. So damn, so sick, man. So yeah, I, I, there's not a lot of. Uh, I think Ray Barbie and obviously Cab and you know Tony Alvin, a few guys. But besides that, like just to be part of that for that long, I just mm-hmm. got. I was in the right place at the right time and very lucky. Dude, that's so, so sick. Yeah, you definitely dodged probably a lot of bullets on the way just by sticking with vans vans yeah (laughs) well it's kind of crazy to think because um when that all those members i mean there's duffs i mean you could name so many like like companies so you know there's always that option of like well look at this is the new cool shit but in the end you know vans has kind of held their own and and everyone kind of everyone's kind of like it's like a wave that just went like that and then luckily it straightened out and vans is still here and a lot of those other companies are gone so that's what's up man yep. since 1960 motherfucking six you did <laughs> and you out here since 1980 <laughs> motherfucking six. yeah yeah there's always a six involved there yeah so yo <laughs> you've been on vans for roughly 37 years what are your yeah. top three favorite shoes, man? I know that's probably a lot to think about, but what are your top three? I mean, we always rode the skate high because that was like the one that was always, you know, that was like the shoe. The Chucka boot was sick. That was sick oh, when yeah. it first came out. You know what I mean? Um, I rode the half cabs, but I I I like the new shoes too. Like that new Abe shoe is weird as it is. Like. <laughs> <laughs> the technology in it <laughs> yeah. you know and like i just don't like to hurt my feet no more so that Abe shoe works for me right now because they're light and they, they do they do like the new insoles and stuff so it all it all works out it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt like compared to like the classics because all the skate shoes are legitimate but yeah I, I ride the aves too because i'm not only a fan of Abe, but i i really like the way it, like y- your feet don't hurt you know what i mean so oh yeah yeah, I used to be only skate highs, and now I'm the same. In my my older years, man, I had to move over to the Gilbert Crockett's, man. <laughs> yeah, as comfy as it gets these days. Yeah, the the Gilbert Crockett, the high top, right? Oh yeah. Whew. Yeah, that thing it's works. The, the new age skate high, man. I'm telling you. For sure, for sure. There's that's a cup sole too. Mm-hmm. So it kind of helps because it doesn't kill your feet. So. Can you tell us about the loose ball dude in Australia that tried to drop into the double bank spot and immediately ate shit? Seemed like a, a good dude. Yeah. Um, so that dude, <laughs> he came up to me and he was like, "I surfed the biggest waves in the world, mate. I've surfed, I've surfed bigger waves than anyone in the world, mate. And you guys are little pussies skating down this little bank." And I'm like, "I'll give you a hundred dollars." If you can make it down this bank, dude, I'll give you a hundred. Hundred. We're in Australia, right? And he was like, obviously had a couple drinks. He's like, I'll fucking give you a hundred dollars. I'm like, ah, dude, whatever, just hundred bucks, do it. And he fucking got the liquid courage, and he went to drop in, and he made it down the first one, but veered right towards the stairs. And he took like two steps down the like probably like I don't know how many stairs it is, maybe a ten stair, and just. Did a fucking backflip twist onto his neck. <laughs> oh. And then he comes running up the stairs after me. He's like, hey, mate, where's my $100? <laughs> I'm like, look, motherfucker. 
I said, if you make it. <laughs> and then he was just livid because he tried it, but he didn't make it. But if you look at the footage, it's like, dude, look, like, you're talking, you were the gnarliest surfer in the world, and th- what we're doing is so weak, and then you can't even drop down a fucking double ten stare. Oh. Donald, <laughs> Donald, you know what spot it is? The one Grant, like, Nolly front foot flipped into? Oh, damn. Uh, it's a skinny little bank, isn't it, dude? It's skinny, but it's it, it, it's not that skinny. It and the guy was old. I felt bad because he kind of broke himself off. I probably should have gave him a hundred bucks. But then I think you know what I also did though. I offered him fifty because I'm like, look, you made it halfway down. He's like, I take your money. He's at a hundred. He got all upset and got all flustered, and I was like, all right, then just beat it. But he was all, yeah, he was he was not too happy about that. It's funny that you bring that up because. The guy who filmed that, Joe Crawler, he ended up selling that to like real TV and like there's some like like publications that you know if you're like you know America's funniest home videos type yeah. video like the guy just yeah. gets broke off he, he so you see it Dude. and it's entertainment for everybody yeah we're a hundred percent posting that in our story when your interview comes out yeah yeah Donald <laughs> the guy barely gets like a cup a foot and a half down the first bank and he jumps to the flat and then just eats shit down the stairs it's so insane he was so mad at me dude and I was with like Angel Ramirez and a few guys and right when he went down the stairs we didn't know if he was gonna be all right so we went running like to hide because we thought if like if, if if he breaks himself off and the cops come I'm gone oh shit <laughs> That was the definition of a classic right there. We heard this story might be a classic too. Um, Can you tell us about the time you were in Japan with Tony Hawk, Christian Hasoy, and right before Hasoy got his flight to Hawaii? What's the story there? Oh, shit. Yeah, he was on a good one. Christian was, I guess you could say, tweaking. (laughs) And uh, we were with Tony Hawk and... uh, yeah, Christian was on a good one. That was in his party days, you know. He, I have no problem with him hearing me even say this because he knows too. But yeah, so it was just crazy. We we're like, we got this sponsor by uh, Manami Sports. It's like a big five type sporting goods store out there, mm-hmm. which sells skating and and all this stuff. And uh, what was crazy about it is skateboarding. It was probably like ninety five, ninety six. And it was right when Tony Hawk kind of came back out of retirement because he stopped for a minute there and started the birdhouse thing. And then he, we, we just got these demos booked out there for the shop. And then all of a sudden the shop wanted to sponsor us. And it was crazy because they were going to give us $300 a month and they were going to wire it into our account. And at the time, $300 a month was like, fuck yes like hell yeah dude $300 a month yeah. and I'll never forget cause Tony Hawk when, and we were like high fiving 300 bucks a month bam into our account like all we have to do is show up like in, right and then that, you look at Tony now and he's like fuck but yeah it was a sick time in skating and then Christian was just uh, he was out of his mind you know and then we ended up leaving Japan and Christian's like having such a good time he's like I'm not going home so he stayed and and come to find out, I think he had like a warrant for his arrest or something in in America. <laughs> so he was like, "I'm just gonna stay here." And next thing you know, we just left Christian out there. And yeah, it was insane. It was, but but it was pretty cool because Christian was funny. He showed up with no gear, 
So he knew this shop had like clothes and stuff. Yeah. So he 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 showed up with no gear and ended up just going shopping and getting all his clothes for the trip at the shop that we that we got sent out to to do the demos with and stuff. So, Shit, but smart. yeah, it was a weird time in skating. Yeah, it was a weird time because it was like I mean there wasn't there was not a lot of money involved. So for us to get a trip to Japan and come out of it with three hundred dollars a month to ride for this shop, and then I think Wade Spire was with us as well. And, yeah, it was like a, it was a surreal, that was a surreal deal right there. And it's funny to think, because that's how small skating was at the time, you know, when me and Tony were like, dude, 300 a month to ride for the shop, like, and it was the first time we ever heard about getting money wired into your account. <laughs> <laughs> a come up right there. Bros, and you were early on the tech and the bank wiring, but I guess your, oh, your, dude. your tech ability is <laughs> my AOL. There. I just got my AOL account at the same time. <laughs> Oh shit! It's 2023 now. What does a day in the life of Omar Hassan look like? A day in the life. Um, I check my AOL email. <laughs> you can't check it, man. We've come to check the conclusion. It it could be one of those like Bitcoin accounts you can't get into, and the guys like on yeah. the last try to get the password. <laughs> the AOL accounts locked. I actually have to get the password reset to my. To text message to me pretty much every day because I forget it every time. <laughs> That's how I just figured out how to get with you guys. I had to get everything texted to me. <laughs> so yeah, no, a day in the life is like, man, I, I just I get up and I figure out what I what I should be doing, what I what I could be doing. And then luckily I've been able to kind of get keep traveling a little bit. So if I can get on a couple trips here and there and uh I skate hard in the day and then if i get hurt or have recovery time to try to figure out like how much time it is to recover before i can go on a trip or if i uh i pretty much you know wake up i go to the van skate park here in in custom in huntington a lot and then i also just i surf a lot and then i get in the van if i can and just try to get on skate trips and travel and you know i pretty much try to keep myself busy in that way and luckily um all my responsibilities that i have are still geared towards trying to to ride my skateboard so that's 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 a day in the life i guess 2023 still getting it baby 110 (laughs) percent. i actually um you know what's funny is the only problem that comes with with age is the recovery time of some days you'll get away with like skating all day really hard and nothing happened and then the next day you you smash yourself a little bit and then it hurts for a little bit longer like the recovery time mm-hmm. is the one thing i could say that is harder to deal with but that's why you just got to take care of yourself and try to you know pick and choose your battles and then time them out between trips and actually planning whatever you want to skate next and and, and it, it's like a math problem of like <laughs> how do i deal how do i deal with the next situation i'm going to put myself in yeah i, f- I feel that's sure. so hard like when you're a kid or like whatever 20s and younger when you go on a skate trip let's say the skate trip's five days you're like i'm skating for five days like all day no worries and now it's like you need double the the length of the trip to right get the same amount of days of skating and like if I go on a five-day trip, I'll probably be able to skate three days 
or two days, depending on how hard you go. And you know what the key is? Is know your obstacle. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always an obstacle that fits you, and it's your time to do your thing, you know? And, like, take advantage of that time. And if, if you're going to go hard in on it, then, then try to make it. Try to make it quick. And if you don't, at least try to make it. And then if you're out, but, like, know your obstacle. Yeah. Like, when we just went to Spain, they took me to some hubble ledge I had to board slide, and it was, like, really big. But they are like, okay, this is your obstacle. And, like, they went out of their way to be like, yo, this is Omar's obstacle. <laughs> And the kids could jump on it really quick and easy. But for me, it's a battle, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they they knew that that was my obstacle, and I appreciated that they took me there. But it pretty much, I landed the trick, but it took me out for, like, almost the rest of the trip. <laughs> oh. but, <laughs> but, I mean, know your obstacle and try to tackle it and make sure you make, make it count, you know what I mean? Take advantage of it. And then you can, like... You know, and then you can at least enjoy the rest of the trip because you, you're successful at something. Yeah, there's nothing worse than getting into a battle, and when you go past the point of no return, where you're like, I'm not gonna be able to skate for the next few days. <laughs> yes. So I have to yeah. land this now because or else I'm just gonna be done, done for no reason. That's my life. You want to say? You want to know a day in the life? <laughs> you just you you just coined it right there. That's a day in the life. <laughs> so what's next for Omar Hassan, man? Basically, what's next is uh, just day-to-day living, man. Just try to roll roll the next day, you know what I mean? Like, we got a lot of stuff popping off around here, which is kind of cool. There's always something. There's always some new terrain and parks and people. And, you know, it's like, I want to say we're going to be going to Hawaii next month, which is going to be cool. And uh, there's just, you know, trying to trying to just skate and surf and live my life man there's, i mean there's nothing i could sit there and be like there's some big plan i'm not gonna do anything different than i've always been doing but just try to do it better and enjoy it more hell yeah man well we also heard you got a an indie dock and a pro truck coming too oh man. yeah no that's cool um that that's super sick because that it's like super flattering because those guys went out of their way and was like yo we want to do this thing and i'm like dude all right like but that gives me anxiety because then i have to now i have to like actually like it's not it's not in my hands it's in their hands you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh yeah i really appreciate the love you know what i mean it's funny that you say what's next because I probably should have said that. <laughs> but I, I seriously just like that's super flattering. It's it's like humbling for me because I I'm not the type of person that wants to be like I'm the guy or you know what I mean. Like I, I'm not the guy. There's that it could happen to that. So many people deserves everything that I've ever had. So it's not something that I'm I'm like trying to overhype or or, or be like check this out. You know, I'm just super flattered and humbled that someone went out of their way to, like, appreciate what I've done and, and is going to, like, kind of showcase that. So that's, like, insane for me. It's, like, super one of those things where I never I never would have thought people would have cared that like about something like that. So, Hey, man, you did it the right way. People definitely care. We want to see more money grabs in the future, man. <laughs> Plenty of money grabs in there. Probably a lot of 5 out of fakies couple of head slaps hell yeah maybe the guy from australia will be in there i don't know and uh <laughs> shout out to your homie chris gregson who uh helped us with the 
questions for you. Big shout out to him. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Gregson's Gregson's awesome. Gregson's a way better skateboarder than I am, dude. I'll tell you that right now. That <laughs> dude rips. He skates better than me while he's filming. <laughs> Hell yeah, shouts to Chris. Literally all day long. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, it's an honor to be brought to you by Spitfire Wheels. Spitfire is here to let you know that the new Spitfire times Skate Like a Girl session capsule is out now. The new capsule features artwork from the legendary artist Lori D on three styles of Formula 4 99D conical fulls, natural 52mm, teal blue 54mm, and black 56mm are available now. You can see the video and full collection at SpitfireWheels.com. What are you waiting for? Cruise over to your favorite shop now. Get them at KCDC, 9x510, Humidity Skate Shop, or whatever your favorite local skate shop is to cop the capsule. Also, you can learn more about the great work Skate Like A Girl does and how you can help support them by checking them out at skatelikeagirl.com. All right, Omar, it's that time. A little rapid fire. You ready, Big Dog? Yeah. All right. Favorite skater? Uh, Mark Gonzalez, probably my favorite skateboarder. Favorite video? Uh, Milton Martinez, Skater of the Year video is probably my favorite video. Favorite video part? Oh, that would that would be Milton Martinez' favorite <laughs> Skater <laughs> of the Year video part. Anyone that kick flips into the car wash, breaks his leg, and goes back and makes it is pretty much legendary to me. No doubt. Favorite style? Favorite style was probably Chris Miller. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Again, Mark Gonzalez, because he was so good at at everything that he did, you know, whether it be transition or anything. Mm -hmm. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Probably Danny Way. Favorite trick? The money grab. (laughs) (laughs) Throw that one out there. Hardest trick for you? Just a solid kickflip. Suck at kickflips. The barracks suck for coming out with. Can you, they should do? Can you do a heel flip? Right? <laughs> National heel flip day. Most illegal trick. Stink bug frontside air. <laughs> favorite clip you've ever gotten? Seriously, recently the one in Spain was probably my favorite one because it, the struggle is real. <laughs> I hype to see that one when it comes out. Worst trend you've ever been a part of. The giant pant thing. Mm. I mean, this is like rave pants. <laughs> In 96, we had to wear these pants that like were like big pants. Like, big pants today aren't even a big pant. These were like the fresh jive-ish um, Junco pant, rave pants that were bad mm-hmm. that we had to wear. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Uh, I saw Kevin Bockle do this grind the other day down this crazy handrail that was like insane so kevin Bockle just grinded this thing that was fucked and that was just like last week so that was it's funny that you talk about progression that was last week and it was like live probably one of the craziest things that i've ever seen oh yeah damn kevin Bockle's gnarly by the way what's the one trick that got away 
I don't know. Fuck, so many tricks got away. That's just like so many tricks. <laughs> What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? I've seen Dustin Dolan. <laughs> Have you seen his Holy Stokes part? We had this chain of Dustin Dolan, and he is the gnarliest fucking guy. Because if we're talking bunts that are insane, like that, you're like, dude, and then, but he just will go for it, knowing that he's probably not going to make it. And he's the king of bunts. <laughs> he is so insane, dude. Like, uh, Dustin Dolan, I've seen probably do some of the craziest shit. You know that brick bank in, in, in I think it's like Alabama or Atlanta, or it's a. It's that brick bank that people skate, and it's like just a transition. He tried to roll in it on it one time hmm. from the top, oh. which is like ridiculous. I think I've seen. You that. know what I'm talking about? I think I've seen. It's that, a brick yeah. bank, and uh, but Dustin Dolan, I want to say, is the king of the biggest bunts because he's so gnarly, and in his crazy brain, he t- it's like a lottery ticket situation. Yeah. <laughs> And he might even actually make it. That's what's so sick about Dustin. Like, I'm a huge fan of Dustin because he's so insane. But I've seen Dustin do some shit that's definitely on a bunt level. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to nominate the Australian homie as a massive bunter as well. Yeah, see, they're they're from Australia. They all come from Australia. (laughs) (laughs) What's the last new trick you learned? The last new trick is this relearning the old trick that I learned. Hell yeah. <laughs> but learning it as good as I used to do it type thing. Because mm-hmm. every trick, like... Which one's that? A frontside grind. <laughs> a, a board slide down a ledge. Yeah. When you get to that point, it's like relearning an old trick is like a new trick again, yeah. which is awesome feeling. <laughs> Dream job after skating. The owner of Ford. <laughs> there you go. That's mellow. Ford ownership. Ford stock. <laughs> Favorite local brand? This company called Don't Care, which is a, a, a company here in Costa Mesa. And it's it's no, Don't Care for a reason. Hell yeah. Favorite local <laughs> skater? Aiden Campbell. Sick. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? I don't really regret writing for any sponsors yet, luckily, so far. Perfect. Maybe Black Flies, because that was a weird one. But. What was that? <laughs> it's just a sunglass company. That was kind of crazy. Uh, well, I'm probably going to get flack for that. I might get beat up for saying that. So <laughs> oh, this, could be my last, this could be my last calling. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite teammate ever? Probably Grant Taylor. Damn. Legend. Worst teammate so, ever. Oh, CJ Collins. CJ Collins, <laughs> that little fucker. He's now he's big, so I got to watch my mouth again. I'm going to get beat up probably twice now for that. But I saw him the other day. I was like, dude, he, he like grew like 3 feet. I was like, shit, this little f- I can't even beat him up anymore, but I can't let him know that. <laughs> Worst company. Worst company would probably be Fucking target for selling shitty skateboards. I don't know. <laughs> 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 Wicked oh, shit. Any fucking any any Kmart target that sells those plastic ass China skateboards yeah. that kids can't ride. 
I know those probably turn a lot of kids off of skateboarding because they're like, Dude, what? "Come How on, are you man! Supposed to fucking do a trick on this thing." Yeah, keep it real. Worst trend: super tight pants, man. That was a gnarly one for a while. There. <laughs> it went from loose pants to extra tight. Can we just get meet in the middle here and make this <laughs> a normal pant? <laughs> I want to breathe. <laughs> Worst style. Fuck, sometimes I look at myself and <laughs> I see some shit I do. I'm like, dude, that is pretty much the worst style. So myself, I guess, I can say sometimes. Fuck. All right, we'll take it. Last person you want on the sesh. Last person you want on the sesh is someone that rips really hard. <laughs> so that's everybody that's in professional skateboarding pretty much these days. <laughs> They're taking your shine, dog, but it's all good. Yeah, it's so easy for them. Legend status, dog. You ain't you ain't got to worry about nothing. Nope. I'm good. I feel I feel good. Hey, you guys make me feel better about myself, man. Thank you very much. Oh, hell yeah. Hey, that's why you're here, man. It's just like counseling. <laughs> <laughs> I got some bad news for you then, man. Right? Uh-oh. What's the next question? <laughs> That's going to bring this interview to an end, man. We just got to say thank you for coming on the show, man. We appreciate it. I really appreciate it, too, man. I don't know where where I was going with any of this, but I fucking appreciate <laughs> all the love, dude. Hell yeah, man. Much respect. Hell yeah. Keep the dream alive, you know what I mean? That's all we can do. Yes, sir. Drop the mic. This is the post office brought to you by our good friends at Dickey Skateboarding. Quality workwear since 1922. From the work site to the streets, ain't nobody keep you fitted like Dickey's. You've got mail. Ghosts, inboxes full. Let's get back at it. Yeah, man, it's wild out here. I just got to apologize to the people first and foremost i think that's back-to-back seasons i claimed the bonus pod but honestly i think it's it just ain't happening people and it's a good problem to have i guess the the inbox is flooded but a we can't answer them all anymore shows getting too big and b life's just too hectic to do these bonus things not ruling it out for forever but this last season um we were way too busy so apologies all right let's get into it post office regular eli katz gustav seems like he would be a very nice guy if we ever met i've never heard him speak a word but something about his style on the board makes me feel like he would be gentle and kind can you guys think of someone that seems nice based just upon their skating and can you think of someone that seems like an asshole based on their style do you think that someone's personality can really be that influential on their style p.s just for the gunshot jaeger skates with asshole style and i met him and he was definitely acting like an asshole wow (laughs) who you got dono someone that seems nice based upon their skating i would the first one that came to mind was deshaun jordan looks like he's always having a good time lighthearted smile on his face time to get him on the pod i'd say you know deshaun let's make it happen well i can confirm that for you i've met deshaun and he is just as nice as he seems man he's a great guy and yeah i've definitely got to get him on the pod and then for asshole i'd go with 
It'd be like Ragdoll. Um, I thought you were going to say Heath. I want to like somewhat keep the potential for a Heath Ender episode one season open. So hmm. took that back, man. He seems like a great guy. I'd love to get to know him on the pod. <laughs> Someone that seems like they'd be super nice. I would go with Carl Watson, but that's kind of cheating because we had him on the pod and we confirmed he's super nice. But even before having him on the pod, like I'm pretty sure everyone, he's universally loved in the skate world. Um, but let me go with another one. Adelmo Jr. Seems like another guy that's just pure fun to be around and uh, a good time. So I'll go with Adelmo for that. And then for Asshole... I want to say I was dead wrong on this one. Spoke about it before, but Leo Romero, before we had him on the pod, I thought he was going to be a dick for whatever reason, some fake reputation shit. But once we had him on the pod, man, just such a real one and really a nice guy. So there you go. I think so, but I, I don't think there's definitely tons of exceptions. Sometimes someone's like just the way they are, like their personality, you can kind of see it in their skating sometimes. Like a goofy person might have some like mm. that's wearing crazy kits all day and they're like kind of goofy on the board and doing weird trick selection. Uh, I feel like sometimes it can translate, but there's definitely no like rule, but I think it can have an influence. Like all the psychos are the best skaters. All right, next up, we've got an email from Matt Nelson. Yo, what up, fellas? I've been debating for months, yo. Do fakey nose tricks exist? I cringed last episode when Mason said, I can't switch 5-0, but I can fakey into them. Instead of saying fakey nose grind. What are your thoughts? Or is it just easy to say fakey ollie switch 5-0? I think we've gone over this before. And obviously, I think when people say fakey ollie switch 5-0, it's just to leave no doubt in the person's mind. Like, I don't want to have to, like, go back and explain what fakey nose grind is. It just... If I'm talking to Seifa, I'll say fakey nose grind. But if I'm talking to someone of a lesser skate brain, fakey always switch 5-0 is... You can't dispute, like, what that is. It's so easy, right? Exactly. Because when you say fakey 5-0, like, people just take that in different ways right so if you just say fakey ollie like switch front nose grind just when you're really trying to get the point across i actually saw shout out mike mo and abd collectibles um they posted like i think jamie foy's fakey 5-0 down hollywood 16 and they were like what is this trick called and the comments were insane man like people were calling it like things you would never even dream of so sometimes you just got to fucking say exactly what it is. I'm going to actually see if I can find it. Just and read you a couple because it was that funny. All right. Let me read some here. Fake Yali into switch frontside over crook. <laughs> switch under crook. <laughs> I think some of these are just being stupid, but uh, fakey to fakey over crook. <laughs> fakey foy grind. 50-50 nose glide. <laughs> okay, sorry. these are all just being stupid. Fakey switch pivot grind. Fakey reverse salad. Um, That's actually dope. Charizard grind. Anyways, there's there's definitely confusion 
and like Donald said, when you just break it down, it's it just leaves no confusion, and you can keep going with your conversation. All right, next up, we got a voice note from Peter Morris. Let's take a listen. Yo, it's Peter again. I was just wondering if you guys have a favorite obstacle you like to see in a street part, like a Philly step or a bar hop or a you know cellar door. Curious, let me know. Thanks. One thing I like to see in, in all parts, I guess, are spots that we know of. So it's kind of like a measuring stick of where each skater compares to other. Like when you see someone do something at Pulaski, you know what everybody else has done at Pulaski, what the spot's like, how hard it is. It's really easy to tell the true skill of a skater when they're doing tricks and getting clips at worldwide well-known spots. Like that type of shit interests me for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can't really pick a specific type of spot. I mean, especially not for a favorite, but I would say I usually enjoy a step-up ledge clip and maybe when there's like some stairs in the middle of a bank. It's always fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, we've got a voice note from Ben Cabriana. Let's take a listen. Yo, what's up, Donna? What's up, Saifa? Got a couple questions for you guys. I want to know some of your guys' favorite 411 openers. For me, I really liked Kenny Hughes doing the switch crook on the UCI rail a really, really long time ago. And uh, his 185.0 down the Eldorado handrail. And uh, also really liked Emmanuel Guzman doing the frontside half cap flip down that fat set of stairs that Jerry Sue nolly back healed. Um, Those are some pretty standout ones for me. Uh, Question number two, if you had to kick out one of your homies out of a group text and add either Cousin Lucretius or Melvis, who would you kick out and who would you add and why? For me, I would kick out Richie Valdez from the horse pound. (laughs) Talk about a hoser, eh, boys? (laughs) And I would add Cousin Lucretius uh, because I think that his... Hot takes are really, really funny. I'd get a lot of enjoyment having him in the group text instead of Richie. (laughs) Uh, As a UPS driver based out of the San Luis Obispo area, you guys are my favorite podcast to listen to. I've listened to your episodes a million times. Um, Very much looking forward to what is next and uh, hope to to hear from you guys. Thank you for writing in, Ben. Thank you for listening. First 411 opener that comes to mind for me was Grant Patterson, man. Nollie flip from what seemed like the top of the of a building to the street. I think it was rocking a Raiders jersey at the time. Grant Patterson in his prime, doing what he does best. Nollie flip, man. Hell yeah. I think Grant had three. All of those stick out in my mind for sure. The Nollie flip, the Nollie front foot flip. And is Nolly Trey the I last one? I think it was Nolly Trey. Yeah. Yeah. To mix it up from Grant, I always loved Anthony Mosley's backtail down Clipper because he did it mm. like he was asleep. So steez to fakey. Fucking legend. Who would I kick out of a group chat to add Cousin Lucretius or who was the other guy? Fuck. It was one of the... Melvis. Melvis. Melvis the Australian homie? Yeah. 
Well, I'm fa- definitely picking Melvis over Lucretius. Because you know he keeps it fucking spicy. Calls out the homies he doesn't even know. Um, so I have to choose a group chat and throw Melvis in there. I think I would take Justin David out of our Instagram group chat. Just because he'd be posting too much in there. He's getting... <laughs> Should be getting watered down now, Justin. You gotta chill. And uh, we'll throw him in there. Melvis. Let's get it. Wow. So what, we could kick him out of any group chat? Just any homie out of any group chat? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll stick with the Richie trend. I'll kick Richie out. Oh, what? He always be fucking crypto chirping like Mr. DCA thinks he's Mr. Genius. We'll see. In the next bowl cycle. But anyways, yeah, I'm taking Melvis too. Fucking way too jokes. And Cousin Lucretius's antics, man. They, my ears be bleeding sometimes after his fucking voice notes, man. That's what I'm saying, man. I need a break from him. Melvis, hit up the post office. You get me. But we love both of them. All right, next up, we got an email from Jeremy Gerard. Dear fellow ledge skaters, what's a ledge trick that you have never seen before but could actually look sick if done properly? Here's one I thought of. Switch pop shove, late 180, ala Stevie Williams to back 5-0, front 180 out. Appreciate the pod. Big ups to you guys. All right, you want an NBD, eh, bro? Let's see here. Oh, I'm I mean maybe it's been done and I just haven't seen it, but Nolly Nolly 180 flip switch crook revert could look cool. I haven't seen it revert out. I've seen like PJ do them, Ashad do like them. All the way around? Yeah, all the way around. Why not? Like okay. if you did it like hella clean, like picture like PJ Ladd doing it or someone like that. Where it's gonna look good like Shane O'Neill. I actually like the sound of that. I'm gonna go with you know the classic back 180 faggy 5-0 front 180 you know the little like pivot grind mm-hmm. what if someone did fakey cab into that you know like kind of like alley fakey cab come back damn it could work you trying to fucking kind of hospitalize could be, someone could be too much you trying to break someone's <laughs> I mean, back for real it's eh? fucking possible <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh there's guys out there you could do that shit no problem uh, probably anything's fucking possible these days man ain't that the truth all right next up we've got an email from jason Luer. yo not including the parts you reviewed on youtube what part has the worst continuity of all time cheers um it's fucking hard to pick one but one thing that drives me absolutely crazy in skate videos is the use of multiple types of cameras like yeah it's quite possibly i know that like some brands have no choice when they're making videos to like accept footy from all sorts of different places different filmers but like nothing looks worse than having different cameras man like please just separate the parts do whatever you have to do people stop the use of multiple cameras (laughs) yeah uh don't kill me jim you know how I feel about real. You know what I'm saying? Been skating real boards for what, like four years straight now, something like that. 
thanks to you jim but uh i gotta say that last full-length real video was kind of in the transition time roll forever wait was it was it called roll forever or am i tripping like the the one with the shots like first big part the real video sorry it was just called the real video i think but that one there was a lot of like vx hd back and forth that one sticks out as like a video that that was uh just caught in that <laughs> that awkward period you know and when you have such a massive team so many guys filming with different people but you you mm -hmm. still want to use all the bangers like there's no way around it but uh i still love that video but yeah for for filming continuity like you're saying that one definitely comes to mind oh and our adrift video too our last one that was whatever year that was like 2014 or something all over the place is what that was yeah <laughs> all right next up we got a short and sweet one from two story everyone's switchback 180s are always obviously switch anyone got them identical switch and regs damn man uh, the shit that goes through some people's mind that they fix themselves to email in just trips me out sometimes <laughs> yeah oh man you know what is one of the funniest parts about playing skate is someone doing a switch back 180 and seeing the stress on the other person's face to do a switch back 180 on flat <laughs> yeah. dude that oh. one it just goes wrong in so many different ways i love it <laughs> Like, if you try to do just a nice little cheesy one to get it done, can go wrong. Try to pop it, can go wrong. Oh, that's one where the Justin I Davids of the world are definitely stressing. They crumble. But the skateboard Jakes of the pressure. world are like, "What? How dare you?" They're laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess skateboard Jakes, because you know that's one where it's better switch than regs. I can honestly. I haven't seen him skate in a little while. Don't remember what his back 180s look like, but I can almost guarantee a switch back 180s better than the regs. So not identical. So it's not an answer to your question, but better. So take that. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got an email from Mark Sansom. And if you don't fucking watch his mouth, it might be the last one we read in here, bro. <laughs> All right, Mark. He says, and let's go way back like the ghost hairline. Oh, hell no. Fucking ruthless, bro. <laughs> Mark, post a photo of yourself so we can see what you look like, dog. Hey, fuck boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saifa for Dono, Dono for Saifa. Pick each other's worst kit, oh, God. in your opinion, over the years. Broken down by one of a shirt, t-shirt, or hoodie, pair of pants, kicks, an accessory no one of you had the crew full zip tk classic i mean see if i probably still got that in his closet bonus has anyone ever done a legit switch impossible peace mark p.s shout out fraser at welcome leads this is a good fucking email i like it i like it a lot the hardest part will just be remembering the wonderful things that my my dear friend Safa has rocked over the years, man. Okay. Oh, I definitely so got some shirt, trash shirt, t-shirt, hoodie. Anybody who knows Safa knows that he rocked a very, very thin black crew t-shirt 
for probably about 15 to 20 years. The crew logo was covered the whole shirt, <laughs> and he said that um, his excuse was always that it was so goddamn comfortable. So the homies let that one pass. We'll uh, we're not gonna worry about that one. But if you know Safa, you know the T-shirt. Wait, which one? Um, I'm trying pant- to remember. It was like it was like black, and it had like oh like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I love that like, shirt. I begged, I begged forever to get that one out of the out of the lineup, and I think it's gone now. But it's been replaced with the dime Duke Nukem tee that I can't seem to get rid of either. <laughs> yeah, I love that game um, growing up. Fuck six. <laughs> and then moving on to pants, I don't know. Like all of Safe's pants look the same, man. Whether they were. Some of the dickies he's rocking now or the fucking Kevin Spanky long tights he had on <laughs> back in the day. It's all the fucking same, man. Kicks. This is one place where Safe has always done it right, man. I mean, the guy's been on the check forever and now he's on Vans. The kicks, he'll, he'll get away with. Oh, actually, I stand corrected. A few years ago, we received a box of globe slippers that Safe has been wearing ever since. Um, oh, yeah. Might I, be time to get I, some new slippers. I have them on right now. <laughs> Shout out, Roland. <laughs> They're like a weird brown cord slipper. I don't know. And for accessory, I have two accessories for the Ghost. Two classic ones. His tie-dye boxers. Anyone who travels with the Ghost knows he's... Had these goddamn tie-dye boxers forever. Yo. And then the piece, the resistance. We have finally gotten rid of this one, but my God, it lasted a long time. The black and red checkered crew jacket that we just couldn't get rid of <laughs> for 10 plus years. It's finally gone, but holy shit, it lasted a while, man. Bro, I love that thing. I wonder where it is. It's probably in my basement. <clears throat> Might have to break it. As out. you can tell, it's just basically like a, a whole crew kit, you know. <laughs> I heard crews coming back, and the fact they haven't hired Safa as brand ambassador is a goddamn mistake, man. Bro, I still, I still be rocking crew on the regs. You know that those premium <laughs> tees, man. There's nothing better to chill on your couch in. Premium uh, I can't think of anything specific, but the uh, yeah. go-to is just the Talty era. Whoever can find a Dono part from those days will uh, will get a nice little laugh off for sure. Some of those hat shirt combos, mask pants. I don't know what accessories you were rocking back then, but the good old days for sure. Too clean over the years, man. New era pinwheels, 5XLs, doubled up, some RockAware jeans. <laughs> Praise the God, Rob Welsh. You know what I'm saying? I had uh, two of those crew full zips. I had the classic one and black and gold. That shit was straight fire, man. <laughs> Has anyone done a legit Switch Impossible? Uh, I can't say, man. I don't think so. Walker Ryan's got a good one. Hmm. There you go. All right, next up, we got an email from Judd Oten. 
Oteny, I don't know. Yo, 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 what's crackalackin'? <laughs> you man, it's your boy Judd, like mud, reppin' H-Town, Hatfield, the place of dreams just outside North London. First time emailing. My mate put me on to use about a year ago, and I've been listening and loving ever since. Skating was my first love, man, and I've always been interested in skateboarders, so getting to hear these combos is a blessing. Always inspiring. Mad stories. Love this shit, man. Use lot keep me going on them cold bike rides to work early doors, so many thanks uh, for doing your thing. Here's me question. It's a two-in-one. Have you ever been to England and had a fry-up in a greasy spoon? And through your travels, what's been the place with the pangest food? Pang meaning mm, mm, safe. <laughs> I, had to, I had to ask KGZ what pang was one time. I hear it in so many rap songs. Like a, it means safe? No, it means like it's, it's fly like a pang ting. It's like oh. a hot girl. Mm. <clears throat> it's just blessed. Yes, we've been to London. I don't think like honestly we were on fucking big time bender vibes when we were in in uh london england a few years back for the live show with tony t a trip we reminisce about all the time one of the one of the great bunt trips of all time um we weren't really up early any morning to go for breakfast to be honest with you um but we did go for sunday roast we were there for one Sunday, and that shit was fucking fire, man. Absolutely love that. Um, greatest place I visited food-wise. Honestly, with us, it literally depends. Like, We have some friends that when we go away with, we know we're eating at the nicest restaurants these places have to offer. Like, <laughs> We did a trip to Barcelona a few years back, and we were eating nothing but absolute fire. Um... <laughs> Well, I'll say when I went to Milan in Italy, like I'm a huge fan of Italian food. Anybody knows me knows I fuck with pizza heavy. Seven days a week, I'd do it if I could. And then mix in some pasta, some wine, the desserts. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'd say Italy, man. Um, this is a recency bias one, but it literally, it's got to be like a top five best meal I've ever had in my life. In Miami, went to this place fiorito i believe it's called and it was just insane man i think it was like maybe was it argentinian i might be tripping but anyways you can look it up got the t-bone steak market price with sixer you know what i'm saying he made the table get that and none of us regretted it everything was pure fire but also shouts out to uh Dizza's restaurant we went the night before walrus rodeo also absolute fire and uh yo i just remembered <laughs> i just remembered one one of your kits that i think is retired i hope is retired we'll see this summer but your uh tank top the like jamaican style ones where it's like uh wh- what the hell is wrong with what that? Do you call that is it mesh yeah that your mesh tank top man that that shit is fucking <laughs> brutal my guy <laughs> It's actually a t-shirt. It's not even a tank top. Whatever it is, bro. Yo, my girl hates that one, too. I actually have a long sleeve the same style. Oh, no. Yo. That just popped in my head when you were reading that shit. (laughs) Really? That shit's bad? 
yeah that's like i swear though i've said on this pod before someone asked about like style or something and i said oh yeah you, I, I, you had my one of my favorite like just cleanest kits over the years but that one is one of the rare times where i've been like damn not today dude i Donald. rocked it when we did the raffle for patreon one year on video and i got multiple call outs about that shit <laughs> 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 my girl literally i was packing our like me and say just got back from new york and i was packing my bag and i put the long sleeve one in there and she was like no nah. like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that yes i was like what uh, I'm, I, I'm so glad uh, i got you because i for a second i was like damn i can't believe i'm letting this guy off scot-free but dude i wore that to the bunt jam day and i think like davis and mason said something to me about it <laughs> And I had to change. I had to like get a bunch shirt. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Maybe we'll burn it this summer together as a ceremony. <laughs> I lost it actually. So it's all. Oh, different. hell yeah. I lost the navy blue one. Yeah. So RIP, anyways, you know? <laughs> Fuck. One of those ones where you didn't even know how bad it was, man. Thank God for the homies. <laughs> All right, y'all, that's going to wrap up the post office for this week. Get your emails and voice notes into thebuntlive at gmail.com. The first of many. We back 11 straight weeks from here on out. Let's hear from y'all. Welcome back to the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. All right, Ghost, we have missed a lot of sports but one event is always bigger than the rest. The Super Bowl. Your two boys, Jalen Hurts, your uh, prized possession in fantasy this year, and Patrick Mahomes head to head. Mahomes on a wobbled foot. Hurts with a bust shoulder. And, um, well, we all know what happened, man. It was fucking feels like six months ago. Mahomes got the job done as he always does. T. Kelsey doing his thing. And unfortunately, Juju played a part in it as well. Yeah, man. <clears throat> Massive game. I feel like, was I the only person rooting for the Chiefs at Simons that day? You weren't rooting for anyone. In, you were rooting for everyone. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> let me explain how annoying safe as football fandom is he just like anybody who he's ever had on his fantasy team over the last seven years or whatever he's a fan of them and if you ask him to list off who he likes it's literally fucking everyone so jalen hurts would march down and get a touchdown he's cheering he's happy in the first half the Chiefs are coming back in the second half. He's even happier. It's going back and forth. The guy's having the time of his life. Everyones, he's confused everyone to death. We don't know what the fuck's going on. And then he's jumping up and down when Mahomes wins. Meanwhile, he's been cheering Jalen Hurts on like he's his brother for the last six months. Like, I'm just flabbergasted at the... What, what do Jalen and Jacoby call you? A fair weather fan is what you are, man. But I guess... You don't no, get disappointed it's, that way. It's die easy fan as opposed to die hard fan. Die easy. But there this is go. what actually die happened easy football at fan. the Super Bowl was the Eagles scored right away. And then the Chiefs came back and Kelsey got that touchdown and I lost my shit. And then I said out loud, I was like, I guess I'm rooting for the Chiefs because like something just overtook me on that TD. And even though I was like, it was one of those ones where I didn't want anyone to lose, but I... 
I wanted the Chiefs to win more because I just didn't want the narrative. If Mahomes had lost another Super Bowl, he would have just been getting raked through the coals. Whereas Jalen Hurts has plenty of time and like losing that one, getting to that Super Bowl was better for his uh, his career narrative than, than uh, like, I just feel like they both got out of it good. The media wasn't gonna destroy either of them after the way it ended, you know? But if it was the other way around, Mahomes would have got destroyed. I feel like we're both big fans of seeing generational players. And for the last few years, Mahomes has been the next generational quarterback in the NFL. And if he had have lost this one, would his record have gone to one and two or one and three in Super Bowls? One, one and three. And three. So now he's two and two, an absolute monumental difference. Multiple MVPs, Super Bowl MVP, two rings. He's back on track. The GOAT, Tom Brady, has officially retired. A cool topic that people were talking about in the days and weeks after the Super Bowl is, what does Mahomes have to do as far as rings to become the GOAT? Some are saying he doesn't have to get the Brady seven. Yeah, because the... The stats are already through the roof. So if he keeps mm -hmm. putting up similar stats uh, and gets maybe, I would say, at minimum four Super Bowl rings, then... I say you got to fill one hand, man. Like, you can't talk to me unless you fill a hand with rings. Yeah, just to, like four is the absolute minimum if, if the regular season stats and playoff stats are through the roof and he starts to eclipse some of Brady's records. And he'd have to play forever too. But I'd say, yeah, five. Five is like you got a better case. I'm excited to see it, man. This is like my Brady because, you know, I started watching football way later. So uh, I'm just going to enjoy the ride. And um, even if he doesn't get there, who the hell cares? Like Brady is literally <laughs> like godly. And like he makes people confused about. I feel like Brady made Aaron Rodgers so much money just by his longevity and then him being a few years younger it's like oh yeah yeah like he'll still be amazing for the next five years right and he got that 150 mm -hmm. for three last year fuck sakes absolutely the beauty of it is that Mahomes is getting a lot done in the early years and he still has a lot of time left to to do what he needs to do to get there versus Brady obviously it's going to be hard but if you think about it this was probably the worst roster he's ever had in Kansas City and he just won a Super Bowl with them so it's a scary sight and just seeing how he gets it done I mean we all know that call at the end of the game the hold just kind of you know left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth took a lot of time off the clock from the Eagles but you can't argue with the fact that Mahomes and Kelsey got it done, man. Real shit, man. That was uh, really impressive. All week leading up to it, I was thinking Philly's got the more complete team. Like, I thought they were the better team, but Mahomes was the best player. The, the defense didn't look like they were doing anything, yeah. man. They they literally didn't look like they bothered Mahomes at all. Didn't, he got sacked zero times, right? And yeah. Everyone was talking about... And he had the huge run. 77 like, sacks. Or, or I can't remember what their regular season sack number was. But, yeah, dude, that, that game was awesome. And the only bummer was that call, which, yes, like, I know he said it was a flag and, and all that. But it just kind of took some of the epicness. Like, the whole game was epic and back and forth. I just wish, like, the Eagles had one more chance. 
and if they were going to lose lost on that last chance instead of um the way it went down with that late flag for me the annoying part was just that there was no flags thrown it felt like the whole game yeah. and then in such an important play a little ticky tacky one thrown like that but it is what it is moving along another football season under our belts it's free agent season right now obviously the prima donna the diva that he is aaron Rodgers, has uh trying to steal headlines once again talking about this darkness retreat he's on the pat mcafee show homies in his in his mesh tank top oh it's not mesh sorry but but just as bad one of the worst shows going right now when Aaron Rodgers is coming on there on a weekly basis. Everybody knows my disdain for Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's a quitter. He talks too much. Terrible hairdo. Uh, and he just doesn't get the job done. It's just That's just speaking facts. But now, after years of preaching this, finally, the ghost has joined the dark side, man. Tell the people about your disdain for Aaron Rodgers now. Yeah, I mean, it's another one of those ones where it's like I started watching football later than you. When I first started watching it, I wasn't really feeling him. But then I think my second year doing fantasy, I just drafted Devontae Adams in two leagues. And I got Aaron Jones in one league and watched all 16 games. And like Devontae became like one of my favorite players to this day. And so I had a little love for Aaron Rodgers, but that has just slowly waned away over the years. Just the the Pat McAfee shit, like just it's crazy because he gets chirped and called a diva nonstop, but then he just keeps like making it worse somehow every fucking week. Care. It's just it's insane. Um, love stealing headlines. I feel like he should just go play for the Cowboys, man. Like I feel like they'd be a match made in heaven with how much Can attention. Can you imagine how much attention? Oh, like man. him and Jerry Jones. Oh my God, they'd start a podcast, man. <laughs> and Mike McCarthy, his ex-coach. Fuck, perfect fit. Yeah. Um. So he's gonna be a Jet. So they say, obviously, continue to work out compensation in classic Aaron Rodgers form. He's already making demands, telling them to bring on Randall Cobb and <laughs> Mercedes other. Lewis. Oh my God! May as well bring Jordy Nelson and Eddie Lacy back as well. Um, obviously, the Jets, great young team, great young defense, have the offensive weapons. What is the ceiling for them in that tough AFC East division, man? With Aaron Rodgers, man, it, I think it's all gonna come down to Tua's health and like how good the Bills still be looking. And the Patriots, I still, what the fuck are they doing, man? Didn't they? They got Juju. They got Juju, like the dustiest, washed up, fucking scrub kook of all time. Like, I hate Juju. I, I feel like I've said that many times before. And I'm not like a big Patriots guy, so I don't mind him going to a team that I <clears throat> don't really like, anyways. Him and Mac Jones can have fun fucking sucking. Uh, but yeah, that, that's actually going to be a fun division, man. Hopefully Tua stays healthy all season. And mm -hmm. we know the Bills are going to stay relevant. So that'll be fun. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with all the young goons in the AFC. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, it's going to be a highly contested division. 
Two quarterbacks on the move. I mean, there's going to be a ton more, but two are locked down right now. Jimmy Garoppolo heading to Las Vegas. Derek Carr heading to New Orleans. Who has the better season, man? In real life football, not fantasy. Who? What team is going to do better? I'm not a fan of Derek Carr at all, but I just think the team around him. Well, fuck. We don't know what Michael Thomas is saying, but Olave was looking they got like Olave, a yeah. Yeah, but I'm going to go with the Saints just because the Raiders' defense was just an absolute joke last season. Jimmy G, like, doesn't raise your ceiling at all, in my opinion. Like, he can give you a, a decent floor, but is it even that decent? Like, he was with the arguably, like, the best scheme and, and like, team around him to, like, help him succeed. And then he'd always get blamed when they lose because he could only do so much. So <clears throat> with a worse team around him, I'm interested to see. It could be a dumpster fire season. And the Saints trash division. Like, there's no reason why they can't make the playoffs this year just based on their division alone. And two more things. Did the Bears make the right choice trading the first overall pick and putting their fate in Justin Fields' hands? I believe so. Like... Because what, what were they going to do with the first pick? Like, grab a QB and, and start over? Like, this way they get to fucking add significant pieces, not only this year, but for the next few years. And they got DJ Moore. Like, I love that trade, man. That is the next question. What is DJ Moore now with Justin Fields? Fuck. I don't know. Hopefully better. Like, I would love for nothing more than to see Justin Fields have the offseason that Hurts had last year where he comes in and all of a sudden he's fucking like a really good passer. Uh, mm -hmm. Like if, if, if that could be like the AJ Brown kind of like how he just changed Hurts whole game and obviously Devontae Smith came into his own, but I would love to see it because man, it's just been so sad watching DJ Moore year after year. Like he's so fucking talented and just having these scrubs throwing to him. So I really, I really like the bears could be a nice bandwagon for me to jump on next year. Just kidding. But oh, if, <laughs> if I draft one of them, you know, I, you know, I'm gonna be on it, but uh, I'm, I'm hyped for the bears, man. I hope it works out. And one last parting remark as a fan base. Has there ever been a bigger downgrade than what the Buccaneers are going to have to deal with going from the GOAT in Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield? <gasps> Yo. That's just like, they're probably already looking at quarterbacks for <laughs> not this draft, but the next year's draft, man. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things. Like, the Raptors did it, man. They mar they uh, mortgaged the future for a ring. And the Buccaneers did it as well, and they got one. Probably wish they had got another one when they lost to the Rams on that last second play by Stafford. But they got their ring, much like we did up here in Toronto. And you know what we always say? It's worth it, baby. Go get your rings. Forget about the future. Yeah, Hundo P, man. It sucks because as soon as you get one, you want more, or you at least want to like stay relevant for a while. But... Sometimes you just got to go back and watch those videos of drunk Tom Brady oh. and just uh, try and relive that moment. Just like I rewatched that video of Joel Embiid walking down the tunnel crying.
<sighs> Just like I rewatched that video of Leslie hitting the game winner at the Bunt Jam last summer. Oh, yeah. And that's how we end this episode one of season 17 on a good note. Everybody, just think back to your most beautiful sports moment and let Ants One's beats just take it away. <laughs> we'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.